Welcome to What CEOs Want to Know, short conversations that can make a lasting difference on your business. My name is Linda Ruland, founder of SuccessAuthorities.com and the producer of this podcast series. In this episode, Success Authority Ron Lehman gives us insights into how we can build competitive immunity into our organization and culture. He provides examples of how companies thrive based on their focus and decision-making ability. The question for people is, are we focusing on the urgent or the important? And I think it's urgency tends to you know, ring the bell, but you end up just chasing rabbits and going after this and this because there's always going to be something else. Or even if it's urgent, I mean, if, if people look at each thing and say, are we spending time and energy on this because it leads us closer or farther away to our goal. And if it's just status quo, what else could we be doing about this? And sometimes urgent, it's not as urgent as we think, or it doesn't really need to get fixed, or it doesn't need to be taken care of. But it's an interesting question to ask uh, CEOs, or how much of your time is spent on urgent, the problem of the moment, and how much is, is spent on you know, really planning and, and being intentional about moving forward. I, I heard a guy once pose the question is, he asked CEOs, think about how much time do you spend on the present during your day and how much time do you spend on the future? And he said, if, if you're 90-10 on that, that's a problem. You mentioned urgent or important. It's always important to someone. Or is it a question of relevance? I think it's relevance. The relevance of importance is to your goals and your mission. If it moves you towards that, it's important. I think a lot of times uh, the goals are a little fuzzy. It's like, we want to be the best. Okay. Well, so does this thing that we're doing right now help us be the best? If so, then great. But if it's just treading water or if it's, you know, just something we feel like we have to do, maybe it's not as urgent as we think, or we only have limited time and resources and energy. If your hope is to get people focused and working towards something, then you have to not only as a leader, you have to ask that question, but you have to have everyone ask that question. Is this urgent or important? And help me prioritize my day. Because I know when I talk to folks, a lot of things they say is, you know, they'll ask, you know, help me prioritize. You've given me 58 tasks to do. How do I prioritize? And the answer is, distressingly often, the answer is, it's all important. Well, no, it isn't. You know, you have to be able to prioritize. And that that's a difficult call. I don't want to make it sound like it's simple. But um, you know, there's stuff that keep the lights on and then, and that's important, but there's building towards the organization and the future that you want. And if most of your time is spent maintaining the present, you know, you're going to get there. Let's see, never, you're just never going to be there because there's always something urgent. And I think that's distracting. Is there a group think that takes place? which either makes things urgent or more thoughtful and futuristic, or is it all coming from the individuals? As always, I think it's a combination. Culture has an influence 
on my personal way I approach things. I may have a disconnect but with the culture, but until that gets to a certain point, I'm going to try and fit in. Especially, you know, you think about a new person, they figure out very quickly what's important around here. And as a leader, if I don't have a culture and I'm not personally stressing what's really important, then what becomes important is other things. The way I view the organization is inherent on my leader, whoever that leader is. And that may be far down in the organization, but I figure out pretty quickly what's important to my boss. And that's what I'm going to do. Even if I don't think it works until that gets to a level where I just think, well, this is pointless because I don't understand why we're doing this. And my boss is looking to his or her leader and all the way up the chain. One of the things that can happen is the CEO or the owner has a real clear sense of what's important, but that gets can get diffused as it goes down and interpreted differently. And unless you're constantly making that important and saying what's important is important, and keep repeating it and talking about it all the time and asking questions, how is what you're doing fitting in with that? It's very difficult for someone down in the lower parts of the organization to figure out, well, what do I do on this day? So it's, you know, I have to make a decision. Where am I going to spend my time and energy? And it's clear that my boss wants this done. I'm going to do what my boss wants, unless you have a culture that supports asking questions and offering different things, and that's accepted, it's very difficult for an individual to really buck that for very long. And what happens is you end up with compliance instead of commitment. You also end up losing people that may be the very ones who could help you um, reach the, the desired future because they just won't put up with it. People are less willing to put up with things that don't connect either to their personal values or to you know, what they would like to achieve. And people like to be involved in things that are important and big. And you, know, you get a sense of, hey, this I am contributing to this bigger thing, which is pretty exciting. If I just feel like I'm going through my day and solving the problems, I either sort of go, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be really good at being a firefighter. I'm just going to race around and put out the fires and take care of the urgent until, you know, either I uh, can't do it anymore or I don't want to do it anymore, or maybe not. Maybe I'll just do that the whole time. And again, always with culture, it comes down to communication. Even if you, as a CEO, if I have a very clear vision, I, I need to just make sure that I'm communicating that and it's being a clear, undiluted message all the way through the organization. And that takes time and energy, but that's an important part because it creates the culture of, I understand how what I'm doing fits into the bigger picture. In lots of cases, people are putting off what they know they should do in lieu of what they feel they must do right now. But is this an opportunity for a potential third party to come into an organization and maybe shine a light on some objectivity? Absolutely. It's a time to sort of pause and ask the question, is this getting us where we want to go? And I think sometimes an outside party can see something or at least ask a question that may not be as evident. And one of the things I think organizations sort of get trapped into doing things the way their competitors do them. 
everybody plays the game the same way. You know, that's an opportunity to sort of challenge that a little bit and disrupt things and say, why are we doing this the way everybody else does? Well, everybody else has been really successful. We can do, you know, just be me too and copy whatever they do and hope that somehow we're more successful. Or we can say, how can we change this up? How can we play something different? Now, again, that's that's a courageous decision because it's easy to just do what everybody else does. You know, you may have temporary competitive advantage briefly, but the conventional wisdom, once it's challenged, everybody sort of goes, oh, yeah, why'd we do it that way? Urgency does not prevent catastrophe. No, it, it may prevent short-term problems and issues. But in the long term, I think organizations that do nothing but respond to urgency, they're going to miss opportunities. And part of it is just because you're so focused on the competition, your direct, you know, your little world, and you don't see things coming from the outside, or more importantly, you don't see opportunities that may lie outside of that field of vision. Again, it's important for the CEO to spend time thinking about the future and get up above the fray and figure out, you know, where do we want to go here and where are the opportunities and what do we need to do differently in order to get there? There is a lot of ambiguity. Soon after, though, there may be some breakthrough opportunities as history has demonstrated. Ambiguity is sort of the, the state we're in. And I think, um, you know, so often we, we're seeking normalcy and we're seeking, I want everything to calm down. I want things that I do today to be the same tomorrow. They, they aren't going to be. That's sort of the nature of the permanent whitewater and the change we're in. And ambiguity comes in when there are very few strategic situations in which we can know everything that we need to know to make the perfect decision. And I, I, I think most people have sat through meetings where uh, they try and come up with uh, a best idea or best implementation plan or best strategy or whatever it is. There's all sorts of unknowns that they simply cannot be discovered by spending more time in investigation. And you get organizations to get paralyzed by, we're not going to make a decision until we have all the information. Well, in, in this amb- ambiguous time, you're never going to have that. So the trick is, can we get to a point of where 70, we have 70% of the data and we're going to make a decision and then see if we can get the rest as we implement and then quickly change, fix, revise as we go, rather than waiting for 100%. You know, better to be partially wrong and doing something than to be waiting to be completely right because we're just not going to get there. And oh, by the way, the other tricky part of this is in the time it takes us to make a decision while we're waiting for the information, the stuff we already thought we knew is changing. So it's this constantly churning situation. And you, you, if you're hoping for all the information, you never had it. You're never going to get there. Sometimes you can discover that information. We can create that information by adopt quickly, try things, but be ready to change course if we have to and adjust. You know, at some point, if you're building an airplane, you got to fly the plane. (laughs) You just got to see if it's going to fly. 
And I think a lot of organizations get so paralyzed with fear of making a mistake, which comes back to culture, that they're not going to do anything that they're not 100% sure of. And as a result, that's the catastrophe is atrophy. The company just slowly falls apart. I've got to believe that there's a correlation between not knowing what to do, dealing with urgency as a priority, and not being able to retain or attract the people you need to make the organization thrive. I've talked to so many people who much later in their lives or careers look back and say, boy, I had no idea how bad or how good that culture was. Um, I worked in an organization where I look back now and think, what an amazing culture. But at the time, it was one of the first like real jobs I ever had. I, I didn't know. I thought every company was like this. And you quickly find out it isn't. Is there something that we're missing if we're all in that same boat, chasing after the same people to do what apparently is the same stuff? What's happening is that people are not staying. They're just revolving through the system. Just peripherally, I think there's a lot of talk about different generations, you know, having different goals and things. And I, I resist that to a certain extent. And I, I have two examples. Gosh, early in my career, I remember um, coming across some research that found that there were people who left college or left school, took a job and stayed with it. And then there were people who took a different job every five years. And the people who took a different job every five years were far ahead financially and in terms of their enjoyment of their work. Okay, so that was, you know, 40 years ago. And now we hear about generations who they jump from job to job and we don't understand that. Well, okay, that was happening back then too. It was just maybe less people. So that was one thing. The other thing is that I think it's always been true that people like to do work that has value and like to be valued for that work. The current generation of younger workers just seems much more courageous in making those decisions as opposed to where I might have you know, hang on to something even though I don't like it, but I'm not going to quit until I have another job as opposed to just saying, you know what, I I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to see what's out there. When it comes to retention of people, that's important. Do they feel valued? Do they connect what they do to something bigger that's exciting? If a CEO sets a goal and says, this is our vision, we're going to do this, a lot of people or some people are going to get really excited about that and say, yeah, I, wa I want to be part of that. Now, others may not. They may go, yeah, whatever. Everybody's different. Everybody takes it differently. But it's the people who get excited about your idea that you want to retain at all costs. Those are the people who are going to put in the extra effort. They're going to be creative. They're going to be innovative. And then a certain percentage are going to go along with whatever you have. And then there's people who aren't. That's the challenge. But if you can keep that core group of people who are really engaged, and those are the ones that are going to get promoted, move up, and pretty soon your organization and your culture is one of, we are at going after bigger things. And we innovate and we're excited and we disrupt and we look at things like that. We challenge things and ask questions. So pretty soon th that becomes your culture because those are the people that move up. And if I'm a new person and I want to get ahead in my career, I look around to see, okay, well, the people who do that are the ones who are innovative and are taking chances and are making decisions and moving forward. 
in other situations, if, if you look around and, gee, the way to get ahead is to keep your head down, don't upset anyone, play, play the game, the political game. And in many organizations, that's true. And, you know, it's not a bad strategy to, if you want to get ahead, you got to play by the rules that exist. So part of it, again, is the CEO setting the culture and saying, this is what we're going to promote and reward and recognize. In terms of finding people, I think you have to have a compelling statement. It's almost like selling to customers. You have to sell the job. And right now, I think a lot of organizations are just looking for warm bodies um, because there's such a hard time finding people. But that's going to change because it always does. And at that point, who are you going to end up with? Again, urgent versus important. Is it urgency to fill certain jobs right away? Okay, but just know that you may be mortgaging your future a little bit when you do that. Where do you recommend people even start aspiring toward competitive immunity versus seeking, let's say, modest advantage? It always starts with the, the, the senior leader, the CEO, is some honest reflection of why are we doing this? And um, are, we, are we trying to survive or are we trying to thrive? Do we want to grow? Okay, so Why? Because everybody grows is the idea. And, and it may be, and you know, I'm agnostic about whatever people think is important. It's okay with me. I don't have a list that says you need to think these are important. But for instance, if you want to, if the idea is I want to start a business, grow it to a certain point, and either go public and make a fortune or sell it and make a fortune. Great. So what do you need to do to make that happen? And what's the, you know, what does finish look like? is one of my favorite questions is when this is done, where are we? What did we do? Um, But beyond that, what's the legacy? How is the world different and hopefully better because we have this business or this organization? How are customers better? What problems are we solving by doing this? And it's really reflective questions about you know, what do we really want to do? How do I want to spend my time here? Because, you know, they're not making any more time. So uh, every hour that you spend in an organization, you're not getting that back. And as a leader, it's really important to kind of think about legacy, not just your personal legacy, but of the organization. Because this, if you're, for instance, if, if your goal is to reach or to journey towards competitive immunity, that has a vastly different strategic and tactical view than does competitive advantage or you know we just want to survive as opposed to thrive and that's obviously on the organization level but on the individual level because everybody has to answer those same questions for themselves look forward to future podcasts featuring authorities on topics vital to the success of your business during these changing times for more information And to contact us directly, visit successauthorities.com. 